Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, your journey, our passion. And by Dow Automotive Systems, improving durability and increasing design flexibility with Betamate structural adhesives at DowBetamate.com. Welcome to AutoLine Daily. On today's show, Buick is coming out with a new midsize crossover. Ford made some very important management changes. The Ron Burgundy effect is still working. And later in the show, it's time for You Said It. Now the news. Ford announced a number of management changes yesterday. But the one that really caught our attention is that it named its vice president of engineering, Kumar Gaholtra, to become president of the Lincoln brand. He will report directly to Ford's CEO, Mark Fields. Gaholtra replaces Jim Farley as the head of Lincoln. But before you conspiracy mongers run around saying this is just part of a Fields versus Farley feud, consider that Bloomberg is reporting that it was Farley himself who supposedly went to Alan Mulally, Bill Ford, and Mark Fields to recommend that someone else should be appointed to run Lincoln full-time. What we find so interesting is that Ford appointed an engineer, not a marketing person. That would suggest Lincoln is truly going to concentrate on engineering and technology to revive the brand and not on marketing gimmicks. In related news, Ford announced that Paul Mascarenas, its head of research and development, is retiring. He'll be replaced by Dr. Ken Washington, who ran R&D at Lockheed Martin's space systems company and was at the Sandia National Laboratory before that. Clearly, this guy knows something about technology. Ford was effusive in its praise for Mascarenas, but this kind of caught us by surprise. And it's kind of curious to see that Dr. Washington is actually a year older than Mascarenas, who is retiring. Late last year, Dodge began pitching Dodge Durango's in TV commercials with comedian Will Ferrell's character, Ron Burgundy. Sales instantly shot up more than 50% in the US. But what we wanted to know was, what's the long-term effect of Burgundy on Durango sales? So we decided to dig into the numbers, and it turns out that so far this year, Dodge sold nearly 33,000 Durangos, up 16%, which itself is four times greater than the 4% that the entire U.S. industry grew by. And it just goes to show how valuable good advertising really can be. Buick unveiled a new model in China yesterday, a model that will probably show up in other markets as well. In terms of size, there's a big gap between Buick's Encore and the Enclave. A gap that's big enough to drive a Buick through. Yuck, yuck. So meet the Buick Envision, or what they call the Ankei Way in China. It gets the automaker's signature waterfall grill, 19-inch wheels, and a 2-liter turbocharged four-cylinder engine mated to a six-speed automatic. With the crossover craze only gaining momentum, it would be surprising if this did not show up in the U.S. and other global markets. Hey, coming up next, it's time for You Said It! Dow Automotive Systems, driving solutions in automotive, commercial transportation, and aftermarket with innovative products like Betamate structural adhesives. Lighter, stronger, safer. DowBetamate.com. John M. is not at all impressed that Nissan is offering replacement batteries for the LEAF. You gotta be kidding, he says. 
Nissan is trying to broaden the appeal of the Leaf by offering replacement battery packs for $5,500. I'd love to hear that sales pitch. No, no, don't worry about the battery, sir. Why, if it doesn't last, you can come back and buy a new one. Sure, $5,500 is a lot of money, but it beats the heck out of buying a whole new car, eh? I agree, John. Nissan is probably going to scare away potential customers by suggesting they might need to replace the batteries. And while that's not much more expensive than rebuilding an engine, only a fraction of car buyers ever get an engine rebuilt. We got a number of comments about the new type of rear seat that the supplier company Magna developed. Sherelle Patterson just shrugged. The backseat of my 1984 Impulse will split fold and has two reclined settings. Not new. Several of you also mentioned cars with this feature and I guess you're right. It's not that new. Buzzard wants automakers to know that they've got to change the name of a certain kind of vehicle. I think when you start installing an intercom system in your van, we should probably stop calling it Mini. It's just van. The Mazda 5 is probably the last minivan standing. Boy, is that true. There's nothing mini with today's minivans. Have you ever seen the original Chrysler minivan parked next to a new one? The original looks tiny next to it. Mike heard our report that the Dodge Challenger Hellcat engine burns an amazing amount of fuel at wide open throttle. A gallon and a half a minute? That does not sound right. A 19 gallon tank would be empty in a little less than 13 minutes at wide open. If that is the case, how can driving it calmly result in not going empty before 60 minutes pass? Great question. At wide open throttle, running at top speed, and that's a key, running at top speed, the Hellcat will burn up its 18.5 gallon tank in 12 and a half minutes. Top speed, by the way, is 199 miles an hour. So in 12 and a half minutes, it'll travel just over 41 miles, meaning it's getting about 2.2 miles per gallon at 199 miles an hour. But remember, once most cars go over 50 miles an hour, the engine is working harder to overcome wind resistance than any other factor. At 199, the wind resistance is tremendous. That's why it burns fuel so fast. So at normal highway speeds, it's not too hard to understand how this car could deliver 20 miles per gallon. Speaking of that Hellcat, Argel Augustin has an idea. So John, what do you think of a Hellcat Ram 1500? It could compete with the Ford Tremor, a 707 horsepower sport truck. It would be a current generation Ram 1500 RT10. Arjo, I think you got a great idea there. And Ram, are you listening? Bradson Vogel thinks it's crazy to mount the radar system for adaptive cruise control in the front grille. It's ridiculous, he says. If you get in a minor fender bender, that could be compromised, and you know it would be expensive to replace. I like Subaru's EyeSight camera that is safe in the cabin with the driver. The only problem is, if your windshield is dirty or you're driving through severe weather, the cameras may not perform as well. Well, guess what, Argel? Even the grill-mounted radar systems can get covered in snow or dirt, rendering them useless. I think you're right. Subaru system will greatly cut the cost of any front-end accident, and I bet other automakers follow this approach. Hey, thanks for all your letters and comments. We got a lot of fun running through them all. Anyway, that wraps up today's report. Thanks for watching. We'll see you tomorrow.